Welcome, everybody, to the Patty G Show. You are listening to the latest episode with Counterspace BR and Sarah Joy Hayes, right? All three? That's right. All three names. I love it. And we're going to talk about some food. We're going to eat some food. And we're just going to have a grand old time on this Monday evening here. We're ready. So for those that may not be aware, what is Counterspace BR? So Counterspace BR is a from scratch bakery in the heart of Baton Rouge. We're located right behind Uncle Earl's. If you know Baton Rouge well, you know that funky wall by Jubin's. We're behind that wall. Um, And we specialize in making... Kind of the thing that you know and love from your childhood, but adding a flavor element to it that makes it feel okay to just scarf as an adult, right? There's some treats like Dunkaroos, right? Like mm-hmm. you, things that bring you back to nostalgia, but like, oh, I'm not going to eat a Dunkaroo. But right. you will eat a vanilla bean sprinkle cookie with frosting in the middle. Oh, gosh. Which is like basically a grown-up version of a Dunkaroo, right? So we this try is- really hard as we expand, as we try new things, as we make mm. new desserts, we try really, really hard to make sure we're adding in a flavor element that kind of just brings it to the next level. Um, we do that with our salt, as you know, on our brownie. Right. Brownie cookie and our salted chocolate chip. We use tahini in a lot of things Ooh, as opposed tahini. to peanut butter. Okay. So we're peanut free for Got allergy it. kids. It's a big deal. Um, and so we found tahini is a really great substitute because it still has that nuttiness and mm. the same texture without... Like, you know, almond butter can add, like, a graininess to things, and the tahini is just so smooth and delightful. So what is – because I'm not familiar with tahini. So what is tahini kind of like – what's the, the breakdown right. so of So a it? lot of people, when they hear tahini, they think hummus because it's a main ingredient in hummus. I, I, did, I did go You're that like, I don't think hummus. Is it, is so it this hummus? Is, I don't this know got, how like, I feel a, about a salt, that. A salty sweetness flavor to <laughs> it. What are we working with here? So anyway, think about it. Like, peanut, you think about peanut butter. Peanut butter can yep. go on a lot of things. Got it. Yep. It can adapt to flavors – it can go with chocolate. It can go with celery, whatever. So tahini yeah. has a similar consistency and a similar pr- pr- flavor profile. It is um, ground sesame. So it's a sesame seed paste or sesame seed really? butter. Yeah. So it's like it's not even a nut. It's like a seed yeah, that so has been if you have just a, ground down and 100%. kind of turns like a mass or something of yeah. sorts. I mean, but it has a smoothness of like a jiffy peanut butter. Ooh. Yeah, it's real good. Ooh. So we make okay. buttercream with that. Okay. We make, um, we have a chocolate chip oatmeal tahini cookie, so. Chocolate chip oatmeal tahini cookie. Right. So you would just insert peanut butter, right? Right. And that, you get it. Okay. So instead of like an oatmeal raisin, it's like an oatmeal chocolate chip with tahini. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Can we relocate this place, please? (laughs) Can we go to the bakery? We don't have them available all the time. (sighs) We have to, we have limits. Okay. But I can I can work on that for next time. Why is there time. so many limits? I know, right? The limit does exist. <laughs> okay, so but you didn't you weren't always the baker, no, right? So let's let's go back a couple a couple of years and take some notches back to I don't know like what, kind of, what kind of a kid were you? Oh, let's what? go there. <laughs> I was that kid that everyone hated in elementary school because I'd remind the teacher there was homework to be assigned. Oh. That was me. You're, that's my wife. My, I was that. My wife was that I was same like type. the straight A, follow the rules, which probably is why I like baking because you have to like do it. Oh, you have, you have you to do it and it's it's a science. You can't play. You right. can play a little, but there's limits. Anyway, so yeah, I was, I was that kid, sad to say. <laughs> but really involved in the arts, like the creativity mm-hmm. was very evident. I did choir. I did ballet. I did piano. Like I did a lot of the performing arts. Mm-hmm. And so it was probably the like mix of analytical SJ and more creative SJ that settled in with baking. Gotcha. It's kind of a natural fit after all that. Yeah. It all just, it blended well and then baking just kind of fit. Yeah. Right in the middle. But you didn't go straight to baking. Not at all. So (laughs) let's, (laughs) we get, we get through the high school age. What were were you, what were you looking like, you know, going into high school? What'd you want to do after the fact? I was such a nerd. It was really bad. I was like valedictorian, president of national honor society. That's not a bad thing I didn't even have glasses yet. I didn't even have glasses to like push up. That's not a bad thing. It's not, but it's not the best thing either. Like I could have afforded to let loose like a little bit. Yeah, we all yeah, can. Every we, now and again. Well, we all we all can definitely afford to let loose a little and bit and going relax. going into college. I actually started pre med. Okay. And I wanted to do pharmaceutical studies. I wanted to make medicine for people. 
Oh, so the creative side there. I see the creative gene is coming right? back. Right? But in an entirely different Way sense. different. And after one year of college level biology, I decided mm-hmm. maybe business marketing sounds better. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, that to me business marketing sounds like a whole lot better yeah. degree program than 100%. Yeah. So, that's... ended up with switching again. Mm-hmm. Um be encouraged if you're in college right mm-hmm. now, right? You can switch a bunch of times and still be okay. That you don't have to go in with the first degree that you stuck out with. You don't you're have to stick good. out with the first degree, right? Even the first career. Um That's it. You can switch it up. I ended with a degree in communication studies and rhetoric, okay. so speech writing. Right rules yet creative. This is really a pattern that I've never fully realized before. Thank you. You're welcome. welcome. Um, yeah, with a minor in marketing, minor in, uh, uh, social sciences. So I did a little, a lot of sociology classes my last year at LSU. Cause I was like one class away from that minor. Did you get it? And the nerd in me had to pursue that. And I did. There you go. See, I was I was kind of in not a similar boat going for all the different minors and degrees, but I did get two degrees in accounting entrepreneurship and a minor in communications because yeah. I liked the aspect of talking and, and speaking. And I was actually on the LSU speech and debate team. Were you? Yes. I did that in high school. <laughs> I didn't make it through to college. I feel I, like that was next level stuff. It, it was because I did both. I did high school and then okay. I went and then I, I did high school, competed locally, regionally and nationally. That's and awesome. then went to high, Then went to college and did it for a little bit. And realized it was a little bit different than what we had come from in high school. And so I'm like, it's not, that's not my cup of tea. Yeah. And we were still getting things off the ground. And the debate program wasn't as heavily prevalent as I wished. Yeah. But anyways, I was, I cannot waste my, um, my extra courses or the, uh. Right. I've got to like the, finish the, this the, out. Right. I've got all these other, not gen eds, it's the. The free classes, like you can do whatever yeah. you want. Right, right, right. You got like twenty electives. Oh, thank you. It's I, been a while. We've been I, out of college for a while. I couldn't we think of the word. Words. I couldn't think of the word, guys. Electives. electives. I had so many electives and business electives, and I said, okay, what can I do with this? And so then I went for the minor in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and a minor in communications, and then somehow the entrepreneurship department became a bigger thing at LSU, and they approached me and said, hey, you should get the paired degree. Instead oh, yeah. of going See, get your master's in accounting. Lucky duck. When I was at LSU, they had one entrepreneurship class. I took it. Mm-hmm. And it was before the Stevenson Entrepreneurship School was a thing. Yep. And before a paired major was a thing. And look, and it, I was also a senior or graduating when um, like the comms X add-on was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you could make any degree a comms degree. And I was like, man, guys, I was I was a year too late on a lot of things. I was the first graduate with the paired degree. And entrepreneurship. Me and Mary Catherine Emery were the two graduates oh, wow. that year. It's good to know you, sir. That well, it was it was a, a long it was a lot of work <laughs> went into getting that. Yeah. And I was they liked it because I was so eager. I was like, oh, I can get it. I can I can skip grad school and be done in four <laughs> right? years yeah. with the 150 credit hours that I need to sit for the CPA exam. All right. Like sign me up. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't have a need to go and get a master's degree. Look at you. You're like building bridges and forging the river forging the way for all of the, the young guns. I do, at what LSU. I, I do what I do what I can and I don't like excuses. Right. Oh gosh. Are you familiar <laughs> with the Enneagram at all? You're gonna no. No. I also not very into books. Okay, anyways. that's fair. So for the listeners out there And um, for me. Right. So the Enneagram is Essentially like the Myers-Briggs, but a little bit more... I'm familiar with Myers-Briggs. So it's a little bit more centered around what your motivations are okay. and what your fears are. Not so much... Ha- so I, Myers-Briggs would be how you act out these internal like fears, drivers, whatever. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's more internally... 100%. Not necessarily how am I going to interact in a room, but what's going to get me up out of bed. Correct. So I'm an eight. There are nine numbers. Um, and is that eight, a good spectrum? <laughs> um, uh, we don't know. Um, but the eight is the challenger. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where you're going to be CEO. And people aren't going to like you. You're going to get ish done. But also you have a little bit of a heart. And like you use your... You're not on full nine. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, nine's a really passive one. It's a circle thing. Wait, what? It, yeah, it's... it's a, we'll, we'll talk about that next time. Okay. Over All more right. cookies. Yeah. Maybe right. we'll, we'll, we'll have me take it live. That'll be interesting. <laughs> we can go so deep with this. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Anyway, so the eight is like, I'm going to push. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to lead the way. Right. But also eights are really good at propping up leaders. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've spent a lot of my career doing until going full-fledged with the bakery was like propping up the founder of this organization, propping up the founder of this organization. Like 
helping forge a way, but like sending them down the path. And so it's been really interesting to now do that for myself, which I don't necessarily love. I mean, who doesn't love a microphone? Come on. Right. But I don't necessarily love, love the spotlight or the attention. The self-promotion aspect God, of it. I hate self-promotion. It is, the I'd like, just eat my cookie. Well, I don't right, need to well talk then, about we'll, it. We'll go ahead and end the podcast here. I mean, the, right? the whole podcast is self-promoting <laughs> counter space <laughs> PR. As I like cringe and like slip away. I'm like, no, I'm fine. But yeah, so it was, it's a, and that's another like bigger aspect of the bakery. And if you come in, I want you to have the best experience you've ever had. I want right. you to have the best treat you've ever had. I want your mind to be blown with flavor. I want you to want to go talk about the bakery. Yeah. I want you to talk about the cookie you had or the cinnamon roll. She, uh, it's he's a, had, he's they had make the cinnamon a bombing roll. cinnamon roll, guys. Like, yeah, it's true. Go get it if you haven't already. Or if you have, you already know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So... I think that's where I've found my groove in like talking about the bakery and what we do mm -hmm. because I can I figured out a way to make it not about me. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's about the cookie. It's about the product. The cookie. It's the product. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's about the cookie. And I I always enjoyed that aspect of kind of more being behind the scenes and letting doing everything in the back to make sure whatever happens in the front goes smoothly. 100%. It's what yeah. what can I do to best make sure everyone else gets out there yeah. and succeeds? Well, in my – so my career directly previous to managing the bakery full-time and kind of mm -hmm. taking over full day-to-day -day operations, um, I was the executive director of a nonprofit, but I worked my way up the ranks and was managing all of our conferences – Okay. And if that, what you described is like major conferencing, mm -hmm. it's like I'm behind the scenes, I have the TikTok, I'm telling people where to go, when to be there, yep. I'm yanking the mic, I'm showing the countdown clock, I'm cutting lunch short five minutes because we went five minutes long before lunch. Um, and that, I excelled at that like crazy. And it's funny because in the past couple of months, we've actually grown to having a full-timer outside of just me at the bakery, okay. which is huge. That is huge. We are offering health benefits right now whoa don't everyone apply at once because i can't afford you but carl's gonna apply to be the national taster <laughs> he's like the designated taster of all eating products the food um but with that it's allowed me to pull back mm -hmm. and kind of be the person sending people in a direction right so we have mostly part-time staff but now we have the one full-timer and um lucas's job is i want you to make three new things this week I want you to find things that you want to make. Wow. But think about it with our lens. And maybe you found a recipe on the internet. You found a recipe in a cookbook. How would we alter this to make it ours to elevate it? Like you go down that path. And then we have a girl. She's actually a rising sophomore at LSU. She's been with us for two years since we opened at White Star. And she's okay. amazing. We love Abby. And I said, Abby, go forth and conquer cheesecakes. Like do it. Like, you figure out how to make a cheesecake hours. And she did. National Cheesecake Day was a week and a half ago. A week and a half ago. Dang. And we, I know. Oof. Week and a half too late. We celebrated <laughs> with, we did a, and she found this. Mm -hmm. And she made it our own. A peach ricotta cheesecake. But get this. No, no. Okay. With a crumbled pecan crust. So the crust was like the best part of a pecan pie. Right. With a ricotta fluffy peach cheesecake in the middle. Oh my goodness. Right? That's And it's been so fun for me to kind of give everyone at the bakery like this is where I want you to take the thing you're interested in. Mm -hmm. You now understand our philosophy. Go forth and conquer and let's make something that's going to blow the socks off of Baton Rouge. Yeah. Well, and that's just those those are just all traits of being a good leader. Recognizing the talents and skills, <laughs> but, oh. it, 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 but it is. But you you yeah. read you read all these leadership books, you read all these CEO books, how to best manage people, how to best yeah. run a business and treat people that they want to stick around, and you're doing everything they say to do. Yeah, find out what they're good at and give them the room to run. Yeah, and say no, I don't want you over here. You know, doing something that you you can do very well, but it's not what you love. Yeah, you're not. I want you to do what you love. Pretty of it, right? Right. And you're not going to go, oh, hey, by the way, here are four different new things in the category you told me to come up with because I just found one that blew me away and I wanted you to try it. Exactly. And it's been really fun. And so we're going down the path of ice cream right now, mm -hmm. which has been, I mean, talk about bringing me back to that 
very tragic first year of chemistry and biology in college. Um, but just learning the science behind ice cream and why certain recipes work and why certain flavors don't and why sorbets taste more strawberry than strawberry ice cream. It's just mind bending truly. And, um, I have three cookbooks, like nerdy cookbooks about ice cream, but I have one girl who's really into ice cream. And I was like, I got more cookbooks. Like, let's try some new bases. Let's figure out what works for us. Like, let's come up with a flavor list. Like, let's just make it ours. Right. And she's running down that path. And she's like, I've already got a list. I made it this weekend. Those are not paid hours, but I love you, Morgan. Thank you. You're only paid here. I hope you don't feel pressure to work outside of normal hours. Right. She's got health benefits, but Saturdays and Sundays were not necessary. Saturdays Slow and Sundays down. are not necessary. <laughs> Slow down. Yeah. But even then, you're giving them the incentive and just the vision that's like, okay, if I go out and do more, I'm going to be rewarded even more. 100%. I feel like I'm saying that a lot. 100%. It's like the emoji. I use that a lot, I guess. Um, It'll be the tagline. Yeah. Hashtag 100%. 100%. But yeah, it's it's finding and helping motivate and and making people want to come to work. I yes. mean, I don't have people that show up late. I don't have people that call out. I don't have people that moan when I'm not there. And our staff are friends with each other. And that, the moment I realized they were hanging out with each other outside of me, that made my day. Because it was like, okay, I'm creating this community. I want Baton, well, kind of like we were talking with before we started. Right. Community in Baton Rouge can be so insular. It can be insulated and you can have your pocket. And working to push those walls down and really finding that they're people that are different than you but have common interest. I mean, how how many of us hang out with friends and we're like, oh, we don't have a ton in common, but I don't want to have to work to find people that I have things in common with. Yeah. And just knocking that down. And right. our staff is pretty different age, hobbies, likes, dislikes. Mm -hmm. And to know that we've knocked down some walls and like friendships are forming is, that's probably just as exciting as getting to do podcast interviews with Patty G. There we are. There it is. But For it, the audience. And, and realizing that it's possible within a workplace, even a small workplace, because if you have people that are not the same, you run a high risk of them butting heads and yeah. a lot of fights happening and just it can get real messy real fast. Yeah, we have a very conscientious and um, I don't want to say just kind-hearted work staff, but we have a group that understands. And I, when I interview people, I only ask four or five questions. They probably leave thinking, like, is, was that real? Like, is like, did she not like me? Yeah. But really, at the end of the day, I want to understand, will you work hard? Will you figure out how to fix the things you screwed up? And are you going to treat every single person that walks into this bakery with the same dignity and respect that you would treat the person you admire most in the world? Yeah. And if we can hit those three notes, you can figure out how to make our chocolate chip cookies, right? Right. You, you, you can, I can figure teach out, you a recipe. Yes. I can teach you the technical skills for the most part that is necessary to get the job done, but I can't teach you to be a nice human being. Oh, and don't we need more of that right now? Yes, 100%. And <laughs> RIP humanity. <laughs> right. But finding those and capturing them and saying, hey, you're here. I recognize that. I think that is the biggest thing for any boss, manager, you know, employer to just have the conversation with their employees that they say, look, I recognize what you're doing. I see it. Yeah. I love what you're doing. So what can I do to help you get better and do more of what you want to do? Yeah. And that's... That conversation happens so often, especially with new hires when they are, they're texting me, double checking, did I do this right? Did I do this wrong? What did I? I said, you are doing great. You need to have the confidence that I have in you mm -hmm. because if you don't have that confidence, you're going to make me not have that confidence. Like I hired you for a reason yeah. and I need to know that when I'm not at the bakery, you are remembering why we treat customers the way we do, how we treat customers. And what we're thinking about when we produce every last thing that goes on the counter. I'd rather you throw away a tray of chocolate chip cookies that look wrong than try to serve them. 
Yeah. I'd rather you give the free thing to the mom who's coming in with four kids and she has a 20 and it's 2150. Like give her give her the thing. Yeah. Right. We don't need we're not gonna sit over here and don't yeah. cut the cookie in half. Right. And say and no, we can't sell you the whole cookie. Making sure that we are working to be a cornerstone in the community where people can come. I mean, I've made legitimate friends out of customers at the bakery to the point that my friend Corey, she had a really rough, I mean, who hasn't had a rough couple of years, but that's besides the point. Before 2020 hit, before right. March 13th, when schools got closed down hit, right. she had had a rough year in 2019 and she came to the bakery crying one day and my girl Alexis texted me. She's like, hey, your friend Corey's here. I think she's having a bad day. You might want to check in on her. And I was like, oh, I don't even have her number. She was like, wait, I thought she was your your friend. I was like, I legitimately only know her through the bakery, but now I'm realizing I need to have her number. She goes, you are kidding me. When she comes in, I would have thought y'all known each other for 10 years. We're sorority sisters in college and X, Y, and Z. I was like, no. She just likes what we bake. Yeah, and we've created this space where if you're having your best day or your worst day, that's where you want to come because you're going to find something that makes it even better, right? If it's your best day, it makes it even better. It's a treat. If it's your worst day, you can at least say, well, I had a good cookie. Mm -hmm. If that's all it's, I had today, I had I came, a good cookie. I, I came home and enjoyed a delicious cookie that made me feel good on the inside. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. And I, I wish that, because I know there are so many more businesses in the area that have that same connection with their customers. And that's ultimately what I wanted to get accomplished with the podcast was getting them out there so people could you know they can't see you because the fence is still there which we'll get to later but anyways but if the they fence. hear about you and they they want to go out and seek you because it may not even be because of whatever we're, we're going to eat during the podcast it could be just to meet you yeah and, and meet I, your staff and it's just so heartwarming when people come in there and i I know our customers well enough that I know if somebody's a first timer, I'm like, oh, how'd you find out about us? They're like, oh, we heard or read or a friend or somebody brought us your cookies. And my favorite is when the moms bring their mom friends cookies after they've had a baby. Cause like all, it's like pandemic rules. All rules are off. You can eat whatever you want. Right. Of course. Like you get to do whatever you want when you've just birthed a human. Right. And, but those are some of our best customers, right? Because they're like, Oh man, just had a baby and my friend brought me your cookies and I'm a customer for life now. Yeah, you are. That's right. Yeah. I'll lock, I'll lock you in with these cookies right here. And then we'll bring you to the cinnamon rolls. And then before you know it, we're doing your first, your kid's first birthday cake. And mm -hmm. next thing you know, you're buying your whole office something and bringing oh, share. We have a couple of customers that are in multiple times a week. Like we have a farmer rep and he calls ahead. He's like, can you box up 13 dozen in like two hours? Like, can I be there in two hours? I'm like... Yes, Dave, I will have. We'll make it happen. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. Yeah. Okay. But before, we kind, you kind of hinted at it a little bit with the conference, kind of back in managing all of that. Before you came and created this really a gym in the community, Thank you. What, were, what was your technical job beforehand? Because <laughs> I heard oh. we, before we were talking, it was, like, it was in D.C., you were there once a month or yeah, something so like that. So what was that? actually involving i was the first ever employee of a very at the time small trade association that worked in the data technology space working to this is where it gets nerdy transform the federal government's reporting systems from documents to data so for example okay I'm, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna give some good four examples. I got used to giving yeah. this like no, no, I, I, this I, is the elevator speech. I, I got it because in the accounting world, working the IRS. It's, yeah. So oh, imagine nightmare. a world in which okay. you've had a beeper, you moved onto a cell phone. Uh huh. Well, you go to like rural Texas. You're on a road trip. Cell phone's not working that great. Okay. You go. Might as well just start using a beeper again, and you go back to the beeper. That's, yeah, so the federal government's still in the beeper stage because they think that cell phone service doesn't work great everywhere. So they're 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 past um, Morse code sending signals. We that are way? past Morse code, right. which is great Good. to know. So I worked for the organization that was instrumental in passing the Data Act, mm -hmm. the Great Act, which transformed um, the federal grant reporting process. So in, a, in transforming it, we were able to create or empower companies to create essentially the TurboTax of grant reporting software. Okay. Right? So uh, if you've you, ever written a grant or worked for an organization that wrote a grant, you right. know, the reporting, you have to have a full-time person just to do the digital reporting process, right? Mm-hmm. 
if there was a standardization or a standard way for the government to take in that information that was <gasps> machine readable. That's huge. Right. So the GREAT Act, we passed that. Okay. So it changed grant reporting for the federal government. So you did you did you did something kind of kind of cool. If you kind of kind of kind of powerful. If you Google my name, the first like ten hits are about ice cream and cookies. But if you go far enough, go to page two of Google. <laughs> there's a quote for me in FedScoop about passing legislation. Really? Yeah. Because I that's what I did. It's crazy because I never talked about it in Baton Rouge because it wasn't relevant or it sounded like oh she's showing off self promotion. We're back there. Right. But. In hindsight, what I did was pretty spectacular. I put on a 1,600-person conference with the White House Office of Technology. Hot dang. Can I tell you? That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people, A. <laughs> that is not COVID-friendly. Not COVID-friendly. Not COVID-friendly. Pre-COVID, 2016. <laughs> but the amount of White House lawyers I spoke with mm -hmm. in that period of my life caused me to take a 10-day trip to Disney World, not lying. Whoa. For I joked about halfway, like a month out of the conference, mm -hmm. for every extra hour not scheduled already in a conference call that I'm on with a White House attorney, I'm adding one full day to my Disney trip. Right. I started at five days. We ended at 10. Oh, goodness. And we don't we don't truly hate attorneys and lawyers. We love We've lawyers. We've had a couple of you on the show. You know who you are. I love lawyers. I love lawyers. I have many dear friends who are lawyers. In the state, out of the state, practice all kinds. But when you have to talk to a White House attorney about why you picked the printer you picked for the right. programs. Then you have. That's when it gets less fun. So, yeah, so that was my previous life. It was orchestrating educational opportunities to help both those within the federal government who might not enjoy the idea of change mm -hmm. to convince them that change isn't going to, like, jeopardize their job. Right? Right. And then from there, also educate the companies on why it would benefit them and why they should give us money. Okay. I think Carl is ready to do some eating. Oh. oh all right. All right. So we're going to... I mean, I've had all of it. Now, now we're going to get... Lots okay. of time. So... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat a little bit and now... Yeah, you do. So for everybody watching Facebook, take a break because I spilled some beer on the... <laughs> on the on screen. The, on, the, on the screen. So I'm going to wipe that off real quick. All right. Now we're good. So we're going to... I'm going to eat some. Yeah, tell but me. But now I want to hear while I'm eating it... Yep. What I'm eating. Okay. So you... If you want to start with like the game changer, you, you got to start with a salted chocolate chip cookie. All right, chocolate chip cookie. If you are watching and you've had this cookie, you know this is where Patty needs to start. And you know, um, if you know me personally, you know that I really, really love chocolate chip cookies. I, I, I don't want to go in a competition with you, but I've heard I make some pretty bomb chocolate chip cookies from scratch. Grind my own wheat, whole nine yards. Oh, really? Use raw cane sugar, chicken eggs from my parents' farm. I cheat a little bit and get like, Go all the way to the farmers, which Carl can appreciate. It's I, I respect that. But we like to use the highest quality of ingredients. So I respect going out of your way to Oh wow. Yeah. That that salt. Yeah, it hits you. That salt hits you with the chocolate. You don't expect it. And it makes it you taste chocolate in a way you haven't tasted it before. That's right. Mm. All right, so how? Let's go through the backstory of this cookie. So it's this is actually one of the only recipes at the bakery that mm -hmm. doesn't have a distinct origin point. Okay. So almost everything we make has an origin point that I can like say this was something I found in a cookbook and we've tweaked it these ways. This is something that I found on the internet. I've tweaked it these ways. This is like playing with flour. We use not all-purpose flour. That's your that might be the only really big hint you get tonight. Okay. No all-purpose flour. And we refrigerate our dough for 24 hours before it goes in the oven. That? Can we talk about that? Yeah. So when I make my, when I make my cookies and I make them and then we go yeah. in the bowl and everything, I will make a batch or two um, right out right out the gate. So right after mixing it up in the bowl, yeah. I use a little, little KitchenAid that was a wedding present for my mom. Shout out, mom. Thank you. It's a good gift. Um, it's a fantastic gift. I was the only one of my siblings that got something like that because I was the one that used that. Yeah. And then she gave me a 50... A pound pail of wheat, so that was even better. Man, I didn't know I was like <laughs> and a wheat grinder and this everything. This is like a little bit higher pressure now that I know you know things, right? Well, you know whoa, 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 don't don't give me that much credit. Okay, but anyways, so when you make the dough and then you bake the dough immediately after making the dough, the cookie consistency is going to come out entirely different than if I take yep. that dough and refrigerate it overnight or even for a couple hours. Yep. How? Because I know I know it's butter. All right. So 
So it's like, think about croissants, right? The whole big deal with croissants is that you have to chill the butter, Mm -hmm. chill it between layers, change the layers, chill it again, change the layers, chill it again. And and you want that butter cold Mm -hmm. and in between all those layers of pastry. Right. So when it goes in the oven, it pops up. And then it melts away, and there's all these little pockets of air that are just delicate and delightful, right? See, I've never made a croissant, but now oh, I want to try. Don't bother. I want to try. It's a pain. It's just, okay. it, you, you need to once if you really enjoy baking, but it's a pain, mm. and it's time-consuming. Anyway, aside the point. Um, so if you refrigerate your chocolate chip cookie dough, all <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know if that was for the camera or not, but it was very like... <laughs> Mm, it was a moment. You had a moment with that <laughs> that's, cookie. That's, that's what it was for. Okay, just checking. All right. I'll um, later. But yeah, so you refrigerate the dough, and when you refrigerate it, it allows the butter to solidify. So when you put it in the oven and it spreads, it right. doesn't overspread, and the edges will get that little bit of crisp, mm-hmm. and that center will keep that like soft softness to it. If you put them straight in, right, they're thin, they're crispy, or if you want to keep that shape, that like rounded shape, they're underdone. Right. Well, and it's like it's like using um, <clears throat> excuse me, when you when you make the cookies and you start with your your butter and your sugar and all that, you want a softened butter. You don't want a melted butter, or right. you don't want a rock hard butter because you're not gonna get anywhere R- with room that. Room temperature. Room temperature, but it's it's yeah. you can like for me when I the way I tell is I'll get a knife or a fork and if I can push it all if it if it'll fall through the stick without perfect without any force or like anything tension, yeah right if i can just drop it and it'll go boom all the way and i can hear the countertop i can hear it hit the table i'm like all right you know it's just right this butter is ready to start making some cookies yeah so but you need it to be like firmed back up for it to bake off in a way that gives it the texture and the consistency that allows it to keep and maintain like a chewy middle with a crisper edge i don't even want to know what the comment was yeah so <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a comment um <laughs> But so you go from this this data point creating this massive thing, getting to be well renowned on page two of Google. I mean, that's page two of page two is pretty huge. Maybe three. We're not sure anymore. But to then go from that to now creating this this bakery where you're getting these cookies, you're getting these all these different pastries that you're eating that you're having people now talk to you on a podcast about this. How do you get there? Oh, that is like the best question ever. Not to inflate you, but you, it's a really good question. I was I was given the question. Oh, I was it was <laughs> it's, it's a good question. Um, so a lot of things fed into this, and I am a firm believer that the Lord has orchestrated my life. And praise Jesus, no pun intended. Right, right. And a handful of different things happened that. The timing was just impeccable. And I don't know if you've ever had things fall into place in your life where the timing was just like, you couldn't have forecasted it. And in some instances, you wouldn't have forecasted it because it wasn't right yet. And because you didn't know, you sometimes you didn't even know about it. You yeah. Didn't. So I, I started baking on the side. Actually, this goes back to like post-college. I actually worked for a campus ministry for a few years. And when mm-hmm. working for the campus ministry, I had to host students and like, you got to figure out how to make a lot on a very low budget. Right. And so I started doctoring up like the dollar brownie mixes. Okay. And I was like, okay, I can have Bible study at my house. I'm going to doctor up these brownie mixes. It's going to be great. Well, then it just like escalated throughout my time, even post-campus ministry in D.C., my like extra job. Because if you know anyone that's lived and worked in D.C., you know they all work at least two jobs, bartending at a restaurant. It's like... The L.A. thing of what are you an actor, <laughs> you know. We're you, you trying to get a pol- political science. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're they're bartending right now on Capitol right. Hill. Um, but yeah, so I worked at a kitchen shop mm-hmm. on Capitol Hill. And when working at okay. the kitchen shop, I learned a lot from Leah, Leah Daniels. She's probably not watching, but I'll say her name anyway. And Leah opened this. Imagine if William Sonoma was like this neighborhood store, mm-hmm. like truly neighborhood store. Okay. Like all the neighborhood gossip, all like... It's like it would be the perfect setting for a rom-com. Yeah. Hill's Kitchen. I love Hill's Kitchen. And she taught me the ins and outs of tools and how you figure out what the best tools are, Mm -hmm. what makes a good cookbook, what makes a good recipe, what makes a good restaurant. And so I learned all these things technically while working at this kitchen shop on the weekends. And from there, it really inspires you to go, well, I can buy this tool on sale or a discount because I work here. I'm going to figure out how to use it. 
Or, oh, she let me take home this damaged cookbook that she can't sell. I'm going to figure out some things. Right. And so it was really this evolution throughout kind of post-college to present, right, of different little things. And it wasn't ever the main thing, but the little things were driving me towards figuring out baking. And along the way, I learned a lot about running a business. And along the way, I learned about running a nonprofit. And along the way, I learned about budgeting and forecasting and hiring and firing. And you learned be, how to be an entrepreneur. Well, and I, I was going to say, I'd be remiss to say my grandpa was an entrepreneur. My great, great grandmother was an entrepreneur. It's like it skips a generation consistently. Mm-hmm. And um, my grandpa actually, you might have heard, have you heard of Tesh Electric? Tesh Electric. There's a shop in Baton Rouge. It's Lafayette is like its main. It, it's, it sounds familiar. It's out on airline across from Parkview Baptist I'm, kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure my. We'll just pretend. Yeah. Anyway, so Tesh is our family, like the business that my grandpa started. Okay. So like electrical supplies. Not baking, but. Not baking, but you know, I learned from my grandpa that it's not scary to go out and start something from scratch. Right. And I've watched my dad and my uncles kind of carry that torch. And you know, that was my summer job in high school was like helping at the warehouse or whatever. And um, kind of taking, like gleaning from all these different experiences you know, learning how to start a nonprofit, learning how to run a cooking store, learning that it's not scary to take these risks. And, you know, you roll that up in a ball and what do you end up with? And it's a bakery. And that right. sounds crazy, but it 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 doesn't to me when you know like all the little bits of my past. It makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, looking just looking back at, you know, this short little while we've been together and hearing your your common theme of structure of rule following of doing it the way this this the systematic approach analyzing it figuring out a way to improve it and then turning it into something far better than it ever started out to be yeah and now you have counter space vr yeah and it's funny my boyfriend joked actually and this made the advocate article that came out recently that i like to like build the airplane while we're in the air which maybe isn't the, it's not always the best approach. It's, it's not the best approach, but it's the approach that gets you going. It, um, yeah, it gets you through to making that next step because you're not you're not gridlocked. You're not locked into exactly. oh maybe this is a kind of good kind of a good idea. Maybe this is something I should do one day. Yeah, it's, I just don't. Okay, we're doing it. We're, we're making it happen. It. And you know what? We're gonna get in the we're gonna get in the plane. And okay. what you, if the parachute yeah. doesn't happen. Then it doesn't happen. So what is the what's okay. what's the next one I should try? You put me in the order. I'm gonna okay, so we've done chocolate, so right. we're gonna do vanilla. We're gonna like okay, toggle back and forth a little. Okay. I want you to take a bite of the unicorn bar. This yeah, one. It's what you think it is. Gotcha, gotcha. So the unicorn bar is if a funfetti cake and a blondie had a baby. Funfetti cake and a blondie had a baby. Yeah. All right. Oh wow. Now that's like that's funfetti. <laughs> it is a funfetti blondie mm-hmm. frosted with sprinkles. Mm-hmm. It's like um, it reminds me of those little those little sugar funfetti cookies you get in like the freezer section, and you mm-hmm. bake them. It's got that kind of same flavor. The texture is way better, but thank you. You've got you've got kind of those same similar flavors coming in. Yeah, like that vanilla, mm-hmm. that brown sugar, yep. like a good brown sugar white sugar combo. Right, but the vanilla shines through. Mm-hmm. It's not too dense. Nope. It's not and too it's, dense. It's not even like, I mean, the frosting is, it, it is sweet. Right. But it's not even, it's not hurt your teeth sweet. No, it's not hurt your teeth sweet. And it's, you want, it makes, it's that you want another bite sweet. Yeah. It's not okay. You know, like, for example, some some wedding cakes you can oh, get. Yeah. And you can take like two bites of the wedding cake and you're done. Oof, that's where this was, this was, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put it down. You know, you want to keep but going. But you have a lot it. to taste. That's why. That's why. <laughs> after the after the cookie, I was all right. I can't eat. I can't eat the whole thing. I gotta. I gotta take some taste and kind of pace 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 myself with this. Yeah, yeah. He can't go too too deep too fast. Okay, but the name. How did you come about getting the name Counter Space BR? So this was literally sitting at my house with two girlfriends, going, mm-hmm. "This is the sort of business I want to have." And originally, my business model was doing in home cooking classes mm-hmm. to enable and equip people to entertain better. Gotcha. And wanting to create, like, empower people, right? Kind of what, I mean, your concept as well, right? I want to empower people to grow their business, to reach their audience, to make connections. Right. How many times, I mean, pre-pandemic, how many times if you wanted to get together with somebody, let's go to happy hour? 
Yeah. It Versus was, come over, I'm going to make some cocktails. Yeah, you're true. It's where, where can we go? It's a mutual ground to enjoy ourselves. It was never, hey, come over because COVID and let's sit on our, let's sit in our driveway and share some wine. Yeah. And by the way, I'm a bike there. And so that was never beforehand. It was never it before, the, beforehand having me and my wife get on a bike with a backpack cooler <laughs> and ride down to my neighbors. It would have taken a lot. Yeah. A because I was we were always so busy doing different things, going to different places, me with different people in the evenings. We just didn't have time. Yeah. And now it's to the point where we're forced to slow down. Yep. And I feel like I've had this conversation with just about everybody that's come yeah. on since COVID is what are you realizing is happening more and more. And they said, we're learning what's more important in life. Yeah. And you know what things you're going to say yes to again after this. Right. So again, going back to like the original concept was empowering you. So mm -hmm. we did cocktail classes at my house. We okay. did at-home coffee brewing, okay. brunch class, meal planning classes, just trying to get people to think about how to make their home hospitable in a way that they'd never imagined because they always defaulted to outside of the home. Okay. Like, let's empower you. Let's right. teach you how to make a cocktail. Let's teach you how to make good coffee at home so you can have people over. Yeah, it's how can you bring people back into the home is something that COVID has taught us. 100%. Again, I just said it. I'm sorry. 100%. It's, it's the tagline of it. So 100%. Now, moving, moving through to what oh, is that, now. Okay, so that's our salted brownie cookie. That's, okay. that's one of our newer counter offerings. All We've right. made it four times and it's sold out. Every time we put it down on the counter. Every time. We it's, sold, just, it's just sold out. Like almost 100 of them in a week and a half. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot right. of, I mean. That's a lot, that's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of cookies. That's a lot of cookies. That's a lot we of saw, cookies. We sell a lot of cookies. Okay. So moving on to counter space BR, the Baton Rouge <laughs> portion. You went to DC as I enjoy this cookie. Why did you want to come back from DC? Why not make the full commitment? So I was actually in the process of trying to buy a house in D.C. Okay. So I, what stopped you? <laughs> okay. So if you've ever bought a house, you know it's really fun. Um, it's but a I had a son. I hear it's even better to build a house. Yeah, right. Isn't that right? Building a house. How's that? Um, my son was born in June of 2014. Okay. Did the whole first year with him solo in D.C. Figured out childcare. Figured out working full time. We managed it. I was trying to buy the house I was living in. Mm -hmm. um, and it just kept falling through. And it wasn't like bad falling through it was just like oh here's another form we forgot to have you fill out and that kept happening with the house with the house gotcha and at that time then i was spending a significant amount of child care and it was like okay so i'm taking on a mortgage and child care and child care is only getting bigger right and i flew home for a wedding and i texted a friend who was a sorority sister of mine real estate agent in baton rouge i said hey jen what if we looked at some houses while i was in town Okay. And she was like... So like a, almost like full plug pulling on the DC house buying experience. Yeah, I was like, this is not going anywhere. And I didn't want to move to a rental. I just didn't want to rent forever, right? right. And I was like, hey, let's just look at houses. Like childcare is going to be less there. Like all these things might be easier. I'll see if I can still do my job just from Baton Rouge. And she was like, all right, so are we like... 80-20, like, where are we on this? Like, do I get a realtor? Do I just yeah. text some friends and say, hey, you got some houses for sale? Yeah, and Jen was just like, like, 80-20? I was like, eh, 60-40. Okay, so not even... Flew down, looked at houses, like, flew down, attended a wedding. A bunch of my friends got to meet Henry for the first time. I got to visit my old church. I got to, like, hang out in Baton Rouge, which normally I'd go home-home to Lafayette. So I got to, like, do all these Baton Rouge things again. I was like... So I texted Jen. I was like, okay, maybe I'm like 70, 30. These are the five houses I want to look Oh, wow. At. We jumped up. Okay. <laughs> and she was like, okay, do I need to put you in touch with someone for financing yet? I was like, no, 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 not yet. So wedding Saturday, Sunday visiting with friends. Monday, we looked at five houses. Mm -hmm. I put an offer in on Tuesday. Uh-oh. Closed a month later and moved back to Baton Rouge the day after Henry turned one. Wow. And full uprooting. And yeah. Back. That's incredible. My employer was going to let me keep my job and travel back and forth. They trusted me. They're like, we'll revisit it every few months. We mm -hmm. did. It was fine. Um, and I knew like LSU was such a, had such a big impact on me. Um, my friends that had either stayed in Baton Rouge or left and come back to Baton Rouge were the, the friends that I saw us being like the lifetimers with. Right. 
back to that problem of Baton Rouge of circles. Right. But I mean, that got me back. They, now I'm trying to bust strong, it up. They're like, strong it got circles. Me back. Yeah. Once, once you have that dedicated circle in Baton Rouge, it gets strong. And what's interesting is that circle didn't even become my strong circle. Really? Like I came back and I had been in DC where you get to know your neighbors, mm-hmm. you get to know the people in your circle, or like physically around you. You get to know the people at the coffee shop. You get to know the baristas because you see them every day. You get to know the people that you're on your metro ride with because after the 10th time you've gotten on the metro together, it's uncomfortable if you don't say, hey, you must live near me because right. we're on the same we've route. walked near each other every morning for the past two weeks. Yeah. Um, and so I found like when I look at the people, you know, pandemic world, like the handful of families and friends that have like kind of re-entered our circle, our bubble it's none of the people that I thought would be like my lifelong friends when I came back. Wow. It's almost exclusively new people I've met. Okay. And it's been really refreshing and it's been good for me because, you know, when you come back to town, you haven't left to come back. When you come back, you're like, how do I like elbow my way in? And it's really hard to elbow your way back in because if they haven't left, like they've been to all the weddings and they've been to all the baby showers and they've been to all the they've grown up X, Y, and Z things. And there's this <clears throat> 10 years that I was out of Baton Rouge essentially between working at Penn State, living in DC, that as much as I kept in touch, mm-hmm. it wasn't with each other. Yeah. The life didn't happen fully together. Right. And so now like there's three three groups off the top of my mind. It's our girl Avery, who babysat, she was my nanny and caught like when we moved back essentially, but she's graduated, has a big girl job, started grad school today. Go Avery. Um, but she comes to our house like once a week and she eats dinner with us and she'll like watch Henry if I need it in a pinch. Yeah. But she's like a friend now, like a, a grown up right. adult friend. And then like families from Henry's class, like my son's in first grade and there's a family that we've been with since uh, one year old class. Mm-hmm. And the Giles is like, there are people. Yeah, and it's you, in Baton Rouge, they have that community that once you get in the circle, you're in for life and yeah. you're in moving forward. So I'm going to try the next thing okay. and I want to hear about when you knew the leap was right. Okay. To okay. go into the bakery. Okay. Because I'm, I'm pretty curious I'm, about that. So what, what, what do you, where do you want me to go next? Okay, so what avenue? we've done vanilla, we've done chocolate, vanilla, chocolate, vanilla. Do you want to, do you want to go fruity? Do you want to go for the muffin? Or the, I'd say muffin or the sprinkle cookie. What's, what's the muffin? It is a lemon chia seed with ricotta. I'm going to do the muffin. Okay. Yeah. Do the muffin. All right. As a nice lemon glaze. I see that. Um, So going back to kind of the things you wouldn't have planned for yourself. Mm -hmm. So I went from just selling at the Mid-City Makers Market, just having my fun at the Mid-City Makers Market, to finding out there was an opening at White Star, getting offered a spot at White Star, and signing the lease for White Star within about two weeks. Okay. So that happened really fast. I was still working in D.C. That's pretty pretty fast. Hired a manager. It was one of those like, you don't know what you don't know, and that's probably good. Isn't it so fluffy? So fluffy. So fluffy. So light. It's so nice, airy. It's amazing. Yeah. It has Greek yogurt in it, ricotta, lemon, and the chia seed's really nice because you always think of lemon poppy seed. Mm -hmm. The chia seed's nice because it actually maintains a little crunch. It does. You you still get that crunch with the chia seed. Yeah, and with lemon poppy seed, like, you wouldn't know. Right, it, it blends in. You don't even really taste it. So two weeks, so you've got the White I Star Market White Star, lease. Hire out a bunch of staff. Right, take two days off my job to like set it up. Right, literally took two days off, set it up. I was like, okay, guys, good luck. Oh my! So you, there was like like no running of the operations or anything. Text me. I I helped do the schedule sometimes. Okay. If people had to call out on a Friday or Saturday night, I would work. But I was still working full time, traveling to DC once a month. Um, my boss knew what I was doing. Our board knew what I was doing. And then my boss all of a sudden says, hey, I want to resign. He started the organization. He was like, it's time for me to move on. Oh, my. You've been holding the – like, he's like, you're really the reason we're here. You're the reason we've moved forward. You're the reason we've grown. Like, I want you to be my replacement. Well, the board of directors had a different idea. They're like, hey, we got to interview people. And I was like, great. Let's interview people. Just tell me what to do. My boss stepped down. I was the interim executive director. I was helping interview. And this is where the story gets a little dark. I was helping the interview. I was interviewed. I knew I wasn't their final choice. And I was okay with that. I was like, I'll just go back to being chief of staff. It's going to be great. And then... So never in your... in your Throughout this process, I don't want to cut you off, but I do want to ask this. And never in your process was it, I'm a default to the bakery. No. Okay, go ahead. And 
for six months, I was the interim executive director. I was traveling to DC at an alarming rate. I flew more in the first third of 2019 than I did all of 2018. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was a lot. That's a lot of flying. It's a lot of flying. And we finally found a candidate that our staff got behind. I got behind. I told our board, I was like, I like him. I don't think we can afford him, though. Like, this is where I think the rubber meets the road. And some of our board members were like, okay, we're going to have a board meeting about it. We're going to figure out who can donate extra, yada, yada. They make him the offer. I signed the offer. And a week later, I was called to resign. Oh, so they were like, oh, we know where we can find the cash. Yeah. The girl that's not here in D.C. Yeah. And I'm not going to say too much more because I'm still in a little bit of a legal situation with that. All right. But so like, then we move to counterspace. But yeah, I mean, the in the, I mean, and this is where I go, like in the Lord's provision, mm-hmm. we in that same month, we found out White Star wasn't going to renew our lease. So we like couldn't stay there. I'd already signed a lease on the Perkins location. And so you I, had done that well. You are ready to get into another brick and mortar. Ready to get into another brick and mortar. Already taken out the loan to buy the equipment. Was like on the path. Had done a soft opening. Was we so this is a little bit of a like oh that maybe the Lord does exist timeline. Like November, I take out the loan, find the property. Couldn't do anything with the property yet because I was working full time as the interim executive director of a really big organization. Right. And. January, we finally get the inspections done and all that, like got it up to code. February is like, we can do a soft open. The first week of March, I was like emailing with White Star because I hadn't been served a lease yet. And I knew I I was due one. And they were like, oh, well, we're not going to renew you. And that was like more than slightly devastating. And that was, that's two blows. Well, no, the other blow hadn't happened yet. Oh, okay. So I found I was losing White Star and I was like, well, at least we still have Perkins. Perkins. Okay. We're just going to. Put our efforts there. Right. We'd grown our wholesale business. Things were going great. And two weeks later, I got the call. And I was like, dear Jesus, literally, if I did not have this building, I would be out of White Star and without a job and in a city that doesn't really have work for my skill set. We don't do a whole lot of data transitioning. No. Nor do we do 1,600-person conferences with the president, really, right? Right, right. Right. So details. Yeah. So, um, But at, in, in the end of the day... When the decision was made and the steps were taken, it made sense. It made all the sense in the world. And that is so powerful to see that you're able to recognize it made sense. And, and now I'm able to, to transition. So, and now it's grown to something that's truly incredible. Yeah. And so, it was a rough year. I mean, I, in a dreamland, was like, mm-hmm. oh, in three years, I'll step back from the coalition. I'll work right. at the bakery full time. It can be my dream. I'll get through my son's high school career and then it can be my retirement and I'll just sell the business and we'll live in a fairyland with unicorn bars. And right. it didn't happen that way. But I, because of all of these different pockets of experience, mm-hmm. I was driven to be able to handle it and do it. Yes. You, you had the skill set set up and enabled where it just made sense and the yeah. flow went through. It worked. So, and you've, I want to move on to the brownie, yeah. but I want to, yeah, like, I want to, this brownie's been like right, staring it's, it's, at it's me. been looking at me. That was really heavy, but we're going to like go there. Right. right. Um, it's very heavy. We're going to go, we're going to the brighter we're gonna, side yeah, of things. Yeah, we're going to bring it up. But while I do this and enjoy this brownie, yeah. um, I want to hear three lessons that you've kind of gathered along your way throughout your very so unique journey. Very unique. To Uniquely, get you to some place you that you now have brownies. Yeah, I think the the biggest like overarching lesson is like trust the process. Mm-hmm. It's gonna work out. Mm-hmm. Be and this is where I like I have a real rub with hustle culture and like you gotta hustle, you gotta do it, you gotta do it. You're gonna get rewarded, you gotta do it because like there are a lot of people that work really hard and don't make it past a certain level in their career. And that's, I tr- that's, that's a whole other podcast topic. That, that's a that's whole other podcast, podcast topic. topic. But like, trust the process. Mm-hmm. Be diligent to your specific calling. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be everything all people. Mm-hmm. I don't have to make every dessert under the moon. But I have to do what I do well. Mm-hmm. I have to show up every day. And I have to be diligent to like what's in front of me. Right. And I think it's really easy, especially how many things can you bake? Eight million. There's how many baking cookbooks? There's how many cookies? There's how many flavor combinations? It's everywhere. It's infinite. It's everywhere. And so I could, and it's funny because in my lower points, I see myself flying towards these like way off tangents, right? And trying to like, 
I'm going to go down this path or I'm going to run down this path and not. I'm going to go do these so many different things. Crazy things. And it's like, no, I need to be diligent to what's in front of me. Mm -hmm. And that I've seen myself kind of take hold of that idea even more so in the past year. And in the pan, if the pandemic had happened a year ago when I was kind of going through these way harder things, it would have been game over. I would have been like selling my house. Like I'll just go get a desk job somewhere, whatever. But it happened after I'd been through a year of figuring out how to make it work, how to make decisions financially, better decisions financially, how to conserve, how to reallocate resources. And we pivoted with the pandemic and we pivoted hard. We went from offering a counter full of things to the six things that we knew everyone wanted. And you and have we, to. And we sold all of those six things a lot because people wanted comfort. They wanted to smart support local businesses and they wanted to ensure that the places they loved would st- still be there on the other side. And we benefited from that immensely almost to the point of like some amount of survivor's guilt, but like we were truly blessed in this season. And I mean, it's dropped off post Mother's Day. It happens to be expected. Right. But like we've worked really hard with local businesses. Like we, for Mother's Day, we did brunch in a box, which I wanted more people to get the joke. Not everyone did because not everyone gets humor, but if you get it, you got it. (laughs) And it was a quiche, biscuits, cookies and then we this is the real the real kicker we got fred's orange juice in like quart containers so you got brunch for mother's day nice and you could add on flowers from a local florist right and you could add on at-home spa treatments from sugar and bronzer a local salon so you just you just teamed up and did local all the way through and then we did it for father's day and it was red stick spice spice blends for grilling and mercer supply company a gift card for a shave i love it Right? I love it. And for Father's Day, we went way simpler. We did sausage biscuits with Iverstein and ice cream sandwiches. That was the weekend we premiered our ice cream sandwiches. We sold 200 ice cream sandwiches that weekend. Jesus. Yeah. We Between Father's Day and then we participated in an international bake sale called uh, Bakers Against Racism, Mm -hmm. founded by a woman of color in D.C., a pastry chef in D.C. She was like, hey, guys, let's do a bake sale. Let's raise some money for... Local causes, like right. we're in, disru- like the country is upset and disrupted right now. How do we as bakers channel that? Yeah. And I was like, you take the lead. Like I will follow you. And it ended up, I was one of the first people to sign up just because I know who this baker was and I followed her. So when yeah. she announced it, I was like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, she's from your uh, old local area. 2,400 people internationally participated, raising oh, wow. $2 million and counting. People are still doing one-off. And we've actually committed at the bakery to give $100 a month to Rachel Cargill's foundation, which is a foundation that supplies access to counseling for women of color. No, And I mean, we all need counseling, right? We all need a therapist. Yeah. I'm a big proponent. I've benefited from free therapy before. And I was like, okay, this isn't just like – performative. This is something I care about. Like mm-hmm. I care about access to therapy and this mm-hmm. is a way we as the bakery can give back. Yeah. And so that weekend, that weekend and since ice cream sandwich purchases have gone towards supporting wow. that effort. So that's, that's incredible. And I love, I love what you're doing, not only in the community, but now internationally and helping the people in the ways that you have the ability to do so is huge. Yeah. And like stay in your lane. And I think that that was one thing that was hard for people to wrestle with during more of the like unrest that was occurring is like, I love this person or I love this brand. Like, why are they going, like, not only speaking out on things that I love, but why are they straying from their brand? Like, I like yeah, fill in the blank. I like tacos or I like burgers. Why are we going down here? But realizing like there was a space for me to be baking and pointing it towards this need for racial justice yeah. and like narrowing it down and going, hey guys, not only am I going to stay in my lane, I'm going to stay in my lane and do it alongside it. 2,400 other people yeah, and do it for a good cause. And that's staying in your lane, but finding a way to help people is so crucial to not only a community from a business standpoint, but also from a community standpoint. So the well, follow up to that, it, it's sustainable and it grows your business more so than you can ever imagine. Yeah. And I mean, being involved and giving back in your own way that's yeah. unique to you. And I struggle a lot with the idea of like white saviorism and mm-hmm. Not wanting to be this, I'm so amazing. I sold things and I'm giving money. Right. But like, that's why I picked an organization and an idea 
that I personally cared about and I had benefited from. It kind of brought me to a place where it wasn't I'm giving this down to you, but like elevating, like this is where I've benefited. I want to make sure yeah. these women have the same benefit. We're, we're all on the same team. Yeah. And, and we're all going to build each other up. Yeah. There's no all-star here. We're all on this. We're all either on the court or all on the bench. Yeah. One way about it, we're all together. And it's been amazing. I mean, it's really forced me to open my eyes to what bakers I'm following, what mm-hmm. trends I'm following and being mindful. And it was so refreshing to see my feed was already full of a lot of diversity, but it also pointed me to people that I didn't know about and encouraged me to even broaden my horizons more. And so as much as unrest and civil issues are hard to wrestle with, it's we can only be better for it. And hopefully this isn't something that fades away with, you know, COVID. The end of COVID. Yeah. yeah. So on that note of helping people and bringing, yeah. bringing it all back together, left. I've got one thing left and I've got one question left. Okay. And mm-hmm. that is as we eat, what, what, what do we have here? That's our vanilla bean sprinkle cookie. Okay. It's like a sugar cookie, but we use vanilla bean paste and okay. we, again, refrigerate it before we bake it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a chewier sugar cookie. It's not going to like snap. You know how sugar cookies normally have like a break to it? It's got a bend to it. Yeah. It's, it's going to have a little, little, little small plot to it. Right, right. Yeah. So- with within the final context of the question of the show is what can I do to help you? Honestly, build up Baton Rouge. Like you're doing the thing, right? If mm-hmm. if we are all striving to make Baton Rouge better, it's only gonna help the small businesses and the people who've committed to Baton Rouge. I I joke oftentimes mm-hmm. um, that Baton Rouge likes to rise to mediocrity. Okay. How many great things have come and left Baton Rouge already? How many great things have failed during the pandemic? How many great things, or how many times do we go to a different city and go, oh, if only Baton Rouge had this? Or Mm -hmm. how many times do we go to something that's awesome, finally in Baton Rouge, you go, oh, I don't even feel like I'm in Baton Rouge. Like, let's make Baton Rouge that. We don't need- You don't need to go anywhere for it. We don't need to make Baton Rouge more like Austin. We don't need to make Baton Rouge more like Lafayette. Or New Orleans or Nashville or wherever. Insert need, city here. Yeah. Yeah. We need Baton Rouge to offer up the best of the best and figure out how to retain the people that are leaving. And I mean, if I didn't have a kid, if I didn't need childcare to be less expensive, I don't know that I would have ended up back here as soon as I did. Mm-hmm. But like, there are some perks to Baton Rouge. There is some level of affordability and there is... There is a group of people, you included, right, that are really striving to make Baton Rouge a community and not just a place to be where I graduated. Like, where'd you graduate from? Talking about high school, right? Like, we don't- I was homeschooled. Shut up. I homeschooled for a really long time. No way. We are the two most normal homeschoolers you will ever meet in your life. And we're not bashing homeschoolers. We're just speaking truth. Yeah. (laughs) Right? I have a lot of theories. That's another episode. Another episode. Another episode. Yeah, I homeschooled third through ninth grade. I was- uh, Fourth through high school. Yeah. All the way to college. There you go. Oh, and there's oh a, that's a dog. There's a puppy. Anyways. But yeah, so creating community <clears throat> around not just these things or markers that were out of your control, such as where you went to high school or right. what neighborhood you grew up in, but rather creating community around shared interests, the desire to make Baton Rouge better, the desire for sidewalks. Hell, I, what I wouldn't give for more sidewalks in Baton Rouge. Or biking lanes. Biking, I don't own a bike yet. And they all went away. I go down clay cut and people look at me. Like you're crazy. And my wife, like I'm crazy. And I just point to the road where they have a bike painted on the road. It's for me to to ride on. Exactly. No, I I would love to see Baton Rouge become more walkable. Mm -hmm. I would love for us to be united around interest, culture, art, community, and not Dunham, Catholic, St. Joseph's, Baton Rouge High, now Liberty High, you know, like neighborhood, right? Like let's right. find things that we actually have in common and let's actually work towards bigger goals and not just be satisfied with comfort. And I think coronavirus plus racial injustice has created a, a level of discomfort that I'm not mad about. It's forced us to see the holes in our systems. It's forced us to see the holes in our own ideologies and it's going to force us to reckon with them when we go back to whatever normal will be. Yeah. So and it's it's opening a conversation. Yeah. So I'm gonna do what I can every episode. Yeah. You know, and what, but like I to, said, you're doing it. You're doing yeah. the thing. And it's people 
investing in community, making it a priority, that is only going to benefit the small businesses, the makers, the local people. And that's going to be the what incentivize people to either come back or stay. Yeah. Make, and, make us attractive and make it so in college, people can't wait to graduate or even while still at a university here or not college and say, I want to get involved in my community now. Yeah. Rather than having the conversation of, oh, where are you going once you graduate? It's, yeah. oh, who are you working for once you graduate? You know, who exactly. are you going in the community? Or what business community? are you starting? What, or Hey-o. what business? Hey, yes, entrepreneurship plug. <laughs> yeah. Um, what business are you starting? So I'm... I'm going to do what I can for whatever small part that may be of just showing that, hey, Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge is on the map and we're not going anywhere. We're here. We're only going to get better. We're only going to get better. There's there's only room to go up. And I don't say that in a mean way or a condescending way, but I say that in the like, I've lived in the big city. Mm -hmm. I've seen the ways that Baton Rouge has these attractive things. And sure, there's DC and DC's great and they have a subway and they have coffee shops every corner. But like Baton Rouge could be what we dream about as the best things in these big cities. Right. So thank you very much for coming on. The yeah, show. thank you. I appreciate I appreciate all the goodies. One of everything. There's, there's one of everything. Gosh, <laughs> I, I would, you should have like emailed me and said, hey, I'm, I'm bringing food because I wouldn't have eaten dinner. I can't that come was, without, if the cookie lady comes without cookies, <laughs> that just looks bad. This is, this is true. Yeah. But I, I, I truly do thank what you're doing in the community. And I thank you for that. Um, and for everybody listening or watching, make sure you go check out Counterspace BR. If you're in the community or you want a place that's worth the drive, go out to Counterspace BR right there on Perkins, right behind Uncle Earl's. Behind the wall. Behind the wall. <laughs> um, and just support your local communities. You know, we all can benefit when we support local. I know that just as well as everybody else that's consuming this knows that. So thank you, Sarah, for coming yeah, on. thank you. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate y'all listening and watching. Y'all make all of this possible by just showing your support for local. And I thank you for that. So thank y'all again. And you have now just enjoyed the latest episode of the Patty G Show here with Counterspace BR. I'm your host, Patty G, signing off with Sarah from Counterspace BR. Y'all all have a great night. Thanks. <laughs>